0: Welcome back to the Minnesota West podcast series. Today, we've got a treat for you. We've got three wonderful women that all work in the Farm Service Agency offices across Southwest Minnesota. And we're going to talk a little bit about CRP cost share. So uh, I could not do justice to introduce all of them. I have some experience with our local Jackson County office. But I'm going to start with Kelly. Kelly, where do you work out of and what do you like to do outside of work?
1: So I work out of the Cottonwood County office in Wyndham. I've been here for about 13 years and I've been doing CRP for all of those 13 years, so I'm kind of an expert, I guess. Outside of work, we live on a small hobby farm. My husband also farms with his father and uncles and we like to do gardening and we have three
0: kids. So a lot of our time is spent with our kids. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Our, our next guest is Rhonda. Ron, I have an idea that so you also work out of the Cottonwood office. Is that true?
2: It is true. I did used to work out of the Lakefield office for the first part of my career here with FSA. And now I work in Cottonwood. I've been here just about seven years. Um, I enjoy spending all my time outdoors as long as the weather's nice. I like being at the lake, going camping, anything outside in the sun. In the wintertime, I spend chasing my daughter around. She's in volleyball. She's in FFA. She's in 4-H. We're involved in it all, church and youth group. So that's how I spend my winter my winter months.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today. Last and certainly not least, uh, our, our Jackson County FSA office resident. Brittany, tell us a little about yourself.
3: I've been at the office only a little over two years now, so... Still kind of getting used to everything. Had CRP since I started there. That's been fun to kind of get to learn over the past couple of years and get everything straight with that. Outside of work, I've got two little boys at home, Hank's five and Everett's three. And I got one more on the way coming in May. So I add some more fun to our life outside of work and in our free time. A lot of times we go out to my parents' farm and got horses out there. So we spend a lot of our time riding horses out there and going trail riding during the summer months.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you, Brittany, for joining us. And I think what we want to start with is kind of the the calendar year. And I think some producers have gotten some CRP acres signed up and they need to get it established. Uh, What's the process that you would like to see farmers do? Not what they always do, but if they were doing a perfect job, how would this process take place?
1: Uh, So when you sign up for CRP, you have 12 months to get your cover established. Typically, our contracts start in the fall. So you have basically the following spring or fall to get it seeded. Usually we have our producers contact a vendor in the area. A lot of them don't do the seeding themselves. They'll hire somebody to do it. And it is up to the producer to get that all lined up. We don't help them. We'll give them some names of some people, but it is up to the farmers to get all of that stuff lined up. So the first step would be talk to whoever you're going to have as your vendor and see what they would want you to do for prep. It kind of depends on what kind of cover you had out there before. Some people are going to be upgrading existing CRPs. so you may want to do a mow or a burn to get rid of some of that trash that's out there. Otherwise, if you're seeding in the cropland, you might want to spray it or disc it or dig it up just to get rid of any weeds that were left over from the last crop season are growing new for this year. The seedings, most of our CRP, pretty much all of it now is native grasses. So native grasses should be seeded between May 15th and June 30th if you're going to be doing a spring seeding. Otherwise, you can also do a dormant seeding, which would be after November 1st. Dormant seedings should not be seeded before that because you want the seed just to sit in the ground and then it will come up in the spring not germinate or anything before the spring when it gets warmer out. So once you have all of your seeding stuff done, we need bills from the producer as proof that it was completed and proof that you seeded what you were supposed to have seeded out there. If anybody has any questions, they need to contact our office to make sure you are seeding what is supposed to be seeded on your conservation plan. Am i missing
0: anything? I don't think so. I got some questions for you. If you had to pick, what seeding practice gives the best stand? Is it the dormant or the early season seeding that gives CRP the the best stand? Should they wait and do dormant? Do you get a better a better cover?
1: It kind of depends on the land. A lot of times, if you're seeding in a wet area, it's better to do it in the fall because typically we have drier falls than we do springs. Otherwise, you know, we've had good luck both ways. Some people just want to get it done as soon as their contract starts so they don't have to worry about it and we do like to have you get it done in the first year so we don't want you to wait until the last minute and you know then we get a rainy season or a drought or something like that and you can't get it done but yeah either either season seems to work well as long as we have you know enough moisture coming following the seeding to get it going
0: To ensure that you know exactly what I put out there, should I be saving my seed tags if I do it myself? Or is a bill from the seed center acceptable? That might be a billing question, but we're talking seeding. What do you need to see as proof of the right mix got on my CRP?
1: Yeah, so it depends on who your vendor is. Sometimes if you get bags of seed, there will be a seed tag right on the bags. Lately, a lot of what we've been seeing, they buy it bulk from wherever they're getting it from. And then your vendor will just print out a listing of all of your seed. Whichever way you do it, we need that listing. It should show what kind of seeds were out there, what percentage of the mix it was, you know, how many pounds, pounds per acre you put out there. We need all of that stuff to make sure you seeded the correct mix on your land.
0: And if you have, if we have questions as CRP establishers, I mean, you're the direct uh, contact. Otherwise, I'm guessing the seed dealers or companies that we're buying seed from understand those mixes as well, and can give us some some guidance if we brought the contract that we have in, so we make sure we get the right seed mix per the contract. Yep, and actually,
1: so NRCS is the one who de- develops our seed plans for us they will actually go out to our local vendors and make sure that what our vendor is selling is what will meet the mix for CP25 is one of our most common mixes. They'll actually make sure that what the seed center or whoever we have in our area is selling is that exact mix and meets the specifications for the practice.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, Kelly. So we get this thing growing and I guess, uh, I've I just walked through this process over the last three years. I put some CRP in, uh, but during the growing season, there's some things that uh, we should be doing and are required to do it. And I think Rhonda's going to talk about that. Is that correct?
2: Yep. So after your CRP has been established, during the middle of your contract, you're required to do what we call a management activity. We refer to mid-contract management or an MCM. Other thing I'd like to mention too is we do have some tree practices out there and some grass practices out there. So what you can do for a management activity on those is obviously different. For the grasses, you can either mow it or burn it. Either one is acceptable. For mowing, you want to use a rotor, rotary, or a flail mower to evenly distribute the grass clippings. They have to stay out there. You can't bale it. You can't hay it. You can only cut it. Um, you don't want to mow it any shorter than 10 inches. And then when you're done, you just have to report to us that it was completed and and submit a bill. You cannot mow during the primary nesting season, which is May 15th to August 1st. Sure. Mowing is obviously going to be more beneficial if you wait until after August 1st it would probably be best for mowing. And burning you would want to get done early here in the spring before may 15th so there's still plenty of time this year if anybody is interested in burning their crp in order to do that you have to fill out a crp burn plan and again submit submit your bills as far as May contract management on your trees that can consist of a couple different things you want to prune prune your trees any dead branches any overgrowth thin out your trees we don't want overgrowth in there. And then mowing any any grasses that are in your tree planting. And again, this can't be done during the primary nesting season. So before May 15th or after August
0: 1st. If I've broken branches because of a 50 mile an hour wind and it is during the growing season, I leave them and wait till it's after, or can I go in there and clip those off so that tree continues to grow in a, a normal fashion? Well, that's a
2: good question, Jeremy. There's a difference between management and maintenance. What I was talking about was the big contract management. When it comes to CRP maintenance, you can do that at any time, as long as it's only certain spots and not the entire contract. For example, yes, picking up your tree branches, you can do that at any time. Uh, if you have weeds out there, you have to control the weeds all the, all the time. So any anytime they can be done, but only spot, spraying or mowing on those weeds, trees, rodents can be done anytime and every year to keep your contract up to standards.
0: How big is a spot in spot mowing? I've got some pretty big thistle patches I noticed when I was out there hunting. I mean, sometimes it's difficult to determine where the thistles start and stop. Is there a, a recommended rule of thumb?
2: They really do discourage from yearly mowing for cosmetic or common weed control purposes. So you would really want to try to keep it to only where the problem is at. Obviously in the area we live in, it could be your whole contract that is overtaken by thistles. And and it is important to, to keep them under control at, at any time of the year. I'm just trying to be conscious of the nesting season. so. You want to to get them mowed and taken care of before they go to seed, obviously, but try to stay away from from those days as much as possible.
0: I'm gonna put you on the spot, Rhonda. Is it better to mow those thistles or spray them?
2: That depends what kind of cover you have. With a CP38E, there's lots of forbs and grasses out there. So it's hard to find a spray that won't kill all your required cover. So for that example, I'd say probably be best just to mow. If you have a filter strip where it's not all the forbs, uh, you can go in there and and spray them.
0: Obviously, you're probably not going to be doing a lot of spraying with uh, trees around, so mowing those if there's some trees. uh, Spot spraying is going to work on a, a contract with trees.
4: Jeremy, it looks like this is a great place to stop and have a few fun farm facts. Today's topic is wild rice. Wild rice is the only grain cereal native to North America. Wild rice can be kept indefinitely. You can store it in a container in a cool dry place, and it has a shelf life that goes on and on and on. Wild rice is not actually rice. In fact, wild rice is a water-grown grass seed. You can also call it winter water oats, Canadian rice, and Indian rice. There are four different varieties of wild rice that you can plant. We will talk about the remaining fun farm facts on wild rice at the end of the program. Back to you, Jeremy.
0: Let's talk about the difference between management, maintenance, and which one is cost shared.
2: Each, each CRP contract year is different as far as what is allowed for cost share and what isn't. I do believe everything that we have due this year is still eligible to receive cost share on that May contract management and then yes, maintenance is your own responsibility, and there is no cost share.
0: Well, maybe we transition to Brittany. If I get my mid-contract management done, and I'm going to get some cost share dollars, how soon before I uh, have to, after I get it done? Do I have to turn it into you to get paid?
3: Right away would be the best thing. That way, you don't forget about it, and we don't have to keep calling you and sending you letters. Yeah, it's best to turn it in as soon as you get done. That way. Both of us know it's done and taken care of. And then, you know, we can send you out because there'll be more papers that you'll need to do signatures on um, to certify that you have it done. So the sooner, the better. Um, as far as turning in a bill, no matter if it's for your establishment or your mid-contract management, all bills that you turn in should have your contract number on them, how many acres your bill is going to be for, the date you did the work, cost per hour or acre of machinery and labor, your type of equipment should be on there. Just for example, if you use the tractor and a stock chopper, just simple like that. And then a description and cost of any materials used, like if you had to use Roundup spray, kind of like that. And then if you did the work yourself, make sure you sign and date that. And then specifically for the different establishment and mid-contract management. So for establishment as an extra part of your bill, We're gonna need a bill for your seed bed prep. If you didn't do any prep, still make sure you just make a note on there that you didn't do it. That way we don't try to figure out if you did or didn't kind of a thing. We'll need a bill for the seeding itself, a bill for your seed or your trees, whichever practice you're doing. And then like you said earlier, those copies of those seed tags, we need those that way we can certify that you put the right cover out there and you're following along with all that. And then one thing also is after you've planted your grass, a few weeks after, and your grass starts to come up, we want you to do a weed control, and that weed control can either be a chemical or a mechanical, and just just kind of knock the weeds down, and give that grass a chance to come up. So we'd also need a bill for that too at that time. And then uh, mid contract management, just only extra things we need there. You know all that we listed above, but then. We need a copy of like your burn plan and burn permit if you do end up burning it.
0: If I was not an expert on cost per hour and type of equipment, what recommendations do you have if I was doing the work and flail mowing my CRP? How do I get into the ballpark of what that hourly rate should be?
3: Uh, Over the couple of years that I've done it and cost year I've only kind of picked up here in the recent time. A lot of people like to use that Iowa custom rate survey, and it kind of gives examples as far as, you know, if you mow it or you spray it or you burn it, it's just got some good, gives you kind of a low price. You could charge a middle price where everybody's kind of at, or if you want to charge kind of on the higher end, no matter what, you're only going to get up to 50% cost share. There's only a certain amount we can give you in the end, but Just a lot of people like to use that Iowa custom rate just as a basis to go off of. Because, well, yeah, like you said, most people come in and are like, well, I don't even know where to begin with this. (laughs)
0: Uh, I might have should have asked this earlier during maintenance, but I think I was told maybe historically, if we're going to do maintenance or do work out there, we should probably let the FSA office know we're going to be out there doing something before we get it done. You'd like to know ahead of time. Or can we just do it and tell you after the fact?
3: You can just do it and tell us after the fact. Sometimes if you start to go in there during that primary nesting season to do your maintenance stuff, some people like to call us ahead of time just so we know they're going to be out there and there's no discrepancies where a neighbor sees you and they're like, they are out there during the primary nesting season or anything like that.
0: Now I'm going to put everybody on the spot. Now that we went through the whole season, we'll, we'll say, if you could pick one thing that you wish your producers or the contract owners would do to make your job easier, what's one thing that you wish we'd all do to save headaches? we are starting with Brittany because she has the least years of experience. We'll go backwards. Brittany, Rhonda, Kelly.
3: In my short time doing this cost share, making sure you get all those things we need on the bills turned in right away helps a lot. Otherwise, sometimes it can turn into a lot of chasing around and phone calls and trying to get everything. That way, you know, not only you get it to us as a producer timely, but then we can get you paid timely once we have all that. That way you don't sit out there waiting for, you know, to get your cost share back.
0: Sure. How about for you, Rhonda, what's one thing you wish we'd all do to make your life easier?
2: Well, Brittany took my answer. I I do agree with her. It's, it's important to get those bills in right away so so we don't have to, to call or make arrangements to get it done. One thing I will mentioned that would make our life easier. If you're not going to get your CRP seated by June 30th to request an extension, and has to go to our county committee and be approved. There has to be an adequate reason and it all has to be documented. The same with the mid contract management, we send out reminder letters starting year one and you have basically three years to do it. Once we reach the end of that year three, there is not much room for an extension, but if you do get there and you're not gonna get it done, contact us right away so we can figure out what your options
0: are. So on a spring like this spring in southern Minnesota, or how about North Dakota, where they got feet of snow, uh, because we have a late spring, it got wet, we couldn't get the rest of our crop in, would that be an allowable reason why we don't get it seeded in time and could give us an extension?
2: Yep. You just have to, again, document all that. And it's really at the end of the day, not, not up to me. It's the county committee and each county's decision on if they're going to grant that extension in those situations, you know, it's countywide, late spring everywhere. You know, I wouldn't see any reason why that would not be approved, approved for an extension.
0: Excellent. Kelly, what's one thing you wish our, your contract owners would do to make your life easier?
1: One thing that we have found some issues on is when people don't follow their plan or they don't follow their contract acres. If you are supposed to seed 20.2 acres, we need to have a bill for 20.2 acres, not 20 acres, not 25 acres. Your bills and everything need to match what your contract says. We've also had a few issues recently with people not seeding the correct seed mix. So don't just guess. If you have any questions on it whatsoever, contact our office before you spend all that money because if it's not the, not the correct mix, we will make you seed the correct mix and it will be at your own cost. Any questions whatsoever, give us a call. We're always willing to answer You know whatever questions you might have.
0: That correct acres brought up a, an interesting perspective. If I had 20.2 acres that I got enrolled, but there's a couple acres there that isn't very productive and I'm just going to plant it anyways and manage it all as CRP. You want to see that as a separate bill and have the 20.2 on the bill and the extra acres I'm going to see just to manage like the CRP, put on a separate bill to make your lives easier.
1: I mean, it could be on the same bill. We we can't tell your vendors how to bill you, but if that is the case, make sure when you're turning that bill into us that you let us know why they don't match because otherwise we might assume, well, maybe you're overseeding or something like that, or, or you possibly have more than one contract and we don't know exactly which contract it's supposed to go to. If your bills don't match, we wanna know why. And just you know, just a brief explanation of why they don't
3: match.
0: Excellent. But you can, ne-
1: you can never underseed. You always have to make sure you have at least the minimum.
0: <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. When I, I know producers, if you ask for one pound, we're going to give you one pound. If it ends up 0.99, well, oops, we're going to round, round up. You, sure. you don't want that. Give 1.1. Is there anything else? And Mike joined us. Mike, do you have any questions about CRP establishment maintenance and or billing?
4: I think the gales have done a wonderful job explaining everything. Sounds
0: good. Ladies, did you have anything else that you needed to add?
1: One thing I thought of um, when we were talking about weed control and stuff. So, that is actually part of establishment. You are required to do at, le- at least one weed control after establishment. And the reason for that is because typically you're going to have weeds come up before your grasses and flowers come up. So, that should be done at least once, typically a couple times during the first couple of years. And if you are doing your weed control for establishment, you do not need to follow the primary nesting season guidelines because it's, I mean, it's gonna take some work that first year to get stuff growing and not just have a big weed patch out there. So just make sure that you're keeping an eye on it and making sure your weeds aren't getting out of control and your grasses are coming up. Another issue that I've had some people talk to us about recently because of the drought last year we did have some seedings that do not look great. That may not be coming up as well this year. Don't rush to go and reseed it and make sure you contact us before you go about anything like that. Because typically when you seed CRP, it's gonna take at least two years, if not three years before you see a good stand out there. So you may think that it looks really thin and maybe you know your seeding didn't do very well, but it does take some time to get all those grasses established. So just don't run into thinking it didn't work and reseeding it.
0: What okay. do you mean? Your farmers aren't very patient. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I always.
0: Right. Great advice. And I think the, you hit the nail on the head that uh, managing those weeds, just like a, a row crop, if you let them get, get the best of you, your stand is going to be poor. So I know personally I sometimes get a little fearful of getting out there during the nesting season to managed weeds because well, I, w- I want the birds to, to nest out there and not disturb them. And while well, you let the thistles get away one year, you're going to have three times a problem the next, next year.
2: I also just want to mention that, you know, there's lots of guys who call in, well, I don't want cost share. So do I need to turn in anything? The answer is yes. Even if you don't want to receive cost share, you still have to turn in that bill with the dollar amounts on it as well for tracking purposes, again, to show that everything was done as was required by your, con- by your conservation plan for your CRP contract, um, that we know you're out there, you did the work, and then it just simply needs to state on the bottom of that document that you do not wish to receive cost share. But even if you don't want our cost share, you still have to submit all of the
0: paperwork. That's a great point, Rhonda. I can imagine there's plenty of them that I'm not expecting any money back. Why didn't you know what it cost me? So, yep. But for your records, you need it. So we know it's gotten seeded with what and what it cost. Excellent reminder. Thank you. The final
4: fun farm facts on wild rice. It is Minnesota's official state grain. Minnesota is proud to be one of the world's largest producers of cultivated wild rice, producing up to 10 million pounds a year. And with a little oil in a hot pan. You can throw your wild rice in there and it will pop. You can eat it. It'll be like popcorn. Now, there are some fun farm facts for the day.
3: If you would like more information about farm business management, we have 19 instructors covering the geography of southwestern Minnesota, west central Minnesota, southeastern South Dakota, and northwestern Iowa, working with about 750 farmers. For more information, you can contact us at area code 507. 847-7929 or by email at sue.lovell at mnwest.edu or follow us on Facebook at Minnesota West Community and Technical College Farm Business Management. We look forward to hearing from you.